0: And Romans is all about the gospel, that's the good news of uh, Jesus, of salvation by grace. And uh, today we're looking at Romans chapter 3, verse 27, uh, through to chapter 4, verse 12. And uh, this it follows on from what we looked at two weeks ago. So um, hopefully you can remember two weeks ago where we looked at uh, righteousness from God, God gives righteousness as a gift, and that's how we uh, get right with Him. And uh, we're going to learn more about that today. So let's hear from Romans chapter 3, verse 27 and following. Okay, then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. There you go, uh, it's a, uh, there's a lot in this passage but we'll um, by God's grace uh, unpack it together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, know that all scripture is God-breathed and uh, useful uh, for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness uh, so that we would be equipped for every good work. And uh, we pray, Lord, that we would be open to, uh, to that happening to us now from this passage uh, so that we would be equipped. Uh, Lord, we pray that um, you would deepen our understanding of what it means to be justified uh, by faith, and we pray that that would um, change uh, our, our lives, Father, that we would live in light of all that we have in Christ. We pray it in His name. Amen. Uh, do you know when Jasmine was quite young, uh, she had an, a great uncle who had lived um, in Europe during the Second World War, uh, which apparently was a very... Um, tough time to live. Uh, Now when he migrated to Australia he became very um, successful and wealthy Um, however he continued to live that very frugal kind of existence that he was accustomed to um, living during war times and so even though he had he had heaps of money in the bank but he actually lived as though he had nothing and he was so obsessive about that That if he was walking down the street and saw like a half-eaten pie left on a table or or if he walked past a bin and noticed a half a sandwich uh, left in the bin he would seriously take it out he would take it home and repurpose it into another meal and i tell that story because um, sometimes uh, we can be like that as um, as christians Uh, that is we we have in the gospel an abundance of spiritual blessings given to us in Christ. Okay, we have all of these resources in Christ and yet sometimes we can live as though we had nothing. Okay, we, sometimes we cannot make uh, the most of all that we've been uh, given in Christ. And so one of these blessings that we have, one of these uh, resources, is this good news of justification by faith. Justification by faith. See, up until now, Paul has... In Romans, Paul has demonstrated that every single person is under the wrath of God because none is righteous, no, not one. He's shown us that there's nothing we can do to change that, nothing we can do to make ourselves righteous. But then finally, last time we were in Romans, the good news, we heard the good news that God declares sinners righteous in His sight How? By Jesus doing all the work. Jesus lived the life that we should have lived but couldn't, died the death that we should have died on the cross. And because of his righteousness, God gives that to those who believe. That's justification by faith. And uh, so justification, that's God declaring you righteous on account of Christ's work. Now, today in our passage, we see that Paul isn't done with talking about justification by faith uh, because he knows that many of his readers, especially his Jewish readers, will actually find it hard to get a hold of. Uh, He knows knows them well because he was one of them. And so he knows that they will struggle with this, that they'll still want to hang on to uh, the good works that they've done. You know, he knows they'll be thinking okay, I get it, Jesus died to pay for my sin, but surely the good things I do still add something. Surely, you know, all my good works, all my uh, Bible knowledge and uh, all these customs that I've grown up with, surely these add something to my standing with God. Surely they kind of, you know, they make me right with God by what I do. So Paul knows deep down they'll still be hanging on to these things as if these things are something to boast in before God. Uh, but look, it's not just the Jews back then who struggled with that. In some ways, we all do. We all struggle with this. We all, uh, you know, theologically, we can subscribe to the doctrine of justification by faith, and yet in practice, our hearts can be a little bit more slippery, where we can easily just slide into, back into relying on our works, thinking that our works is what makes us uh, Will makes God happy with us. So think of these questions. Here's some questions. Am I okay? Do I matter? What is the verdict on my life? Is God happy with me? See, those kinds of questions, we often look within to find the answer. We look to ourselves. We look to our own uh, performance. And it's almost like uh, the remaining sin in us is actually looking for something of which we can hold on to, something of our own doing, of which we can say, I did this, and that makes me worthy. Well, Paul speaks to that issue in this passage today. And he does it by taking us deeper into what it means to be justified by faith. And so we're going to think about it. There's three parts to this passage. Uh, We see, first of all, he tells us about an effect That justification has tells us about the heart of it and thirdly the uh, consequence of um, justification so let's think about one of the effects of justification which we see in this uh, opening section uh, verse 27 to 31 Uh, and we see that it has to do with our boasting see if we've been justified by faith what happens boasting is excluded boasting is excluded now, what you boast in is what you draw confidence from. Okay, what you boast in, that's what you draw confidence from. So to give you an example, uh, when I was a teenager, I played volleyball for a few years, and I played on a team that was led by uh, someone who was extremely competitive, and uh, so before every game, he would get the team together in that tight little huddle, and he would give us that pep talk to kind of fire us up before the game and then we'd all have to put our hand into the middle of the the huddle and and yell the team name and uh, it was incredibly embarrassing because we were the only team in the whole competition that got up to these kind of antics and i think other teams would look at us and and be laughing Uh, but this this fellow this this leader in the team his speech was all about saying how good we were uh, about how hard we had trained how much he believed that we could win how he believed we could beat the opposition. And see, that's what boasting is. Uh, boasting is it's, it's, it's about building confidence in your ability to perform well and especially your ability to outperform others. That's boasting. And just as we do that with playing sport, Paul has been showing in Romans that we have a tendency to do this when it comes to our acceptance uh, with God. We, we tend to rely on our... On ourselves, on our performance. So those questions I asked a minute ago, am I okay? Do I matter? Okay, is God happy with me? We tend to answer these things by looking at our performance. So to give some examples we might ask ourselves, you know, how's my um, prayer life going lately? Uh, How's my Bible reading been going? Um, Have I slipped back into some old sins lately? And see, so if we've been doing well in these areas, then we feel confident. Now we feel like God must be extra happy with me now. Uh, we feel bold. And if we hear about other people struggling with these things, well, that makes us even feel better because then God must be uh, extra happy with us. Uh, but then what happens if you're not going well? What happens if you're, if you're going terrible in these areas? Then you feel terrible. You feel like you're a million miles away from God and that he, He's no longer happy with you. But do you see behind both of these responses is the same underlying issue, boasting. Here, you're drawing confidence from your performance as if that's what makes you acceptable with God. Now, what happens when you get hold of justification by faith though? What happens when it gets a grip in your heart? Well, that's what verse 27 is saying. It is excluded. Okay, justification drives boasting out of your life. Uh, You can't have justification by faith and basing your confidence in your performance. You can't have those two things together. Faith and boasting are not compatible. One drives out the other. It's like, you know, when you get two magnets and you try to put them uh, together the wrong way and one just keeps pushing the other away. That's like faith and boasting. They're they're incompatible. So you look at verse 27. What becomes of our boasting? It's excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. And here's the key. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So this is Paul, he's just again reiterating that there is nothing that we can do to make ourselves right with God. Nothing we do adds anything to our standing with God. And that's the same for everyone because he goes on to say in verse 29, uh, is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify... The circumcised, that's the Jews, by faith and the uncircumcised, Gentiles, are through faith as well. So you've got to remember, Paul was writing to a church that was made up of Jews and Gentiles and in chapter 2 we saw that the Jews were tempted to boast in their good works, uh, their, their Bible knowledge, their, their heritage, their upbringing. And it's likely that in the Church of Rome, you had the Jewish people who had very neat lives, uh, law-abiding people they were, and then you had the Gentiles who came from a completely different background. And most likely, some of them came from broken families, and, and their lives seemed a mess. And so you can imagine the Jews in that church thinking that they were a cut above the Gentiles. They so would look at the Gentiles and think, boy, these... These people are all over the shop, but our lives are so neat, so orderly, and so they were tempted to boast uh, in their performance. Uh, If we were to put um, what Paul is saying into contemporary terms, just imagine two people today in the church, uh, both are believers, one of them uh, happens to be a very well-known author and speaker. Holds a PhD in theology. Uh, His his expertise is on the doctrine of sanctification. And he's written some best-selling books on Christian growth. He's constantly invited to conferences and um, to speak on podcasts. And not only is he a great teacher, but he's also known to be a very uh, humble and um, godly man. And next to him in the church is this this new Christian. And uh, he's a guy who he still works at the pub. Uh, he uh, he still has all of these really cringe-worthy um, political views. Uh, he when he talks, you know, swear words occasionally slip out, um, accidentally, and uh, he doesn't even know where Romans is, is is in the Bible. And here's these two guys in the church. Now, which one? Which one is closer to God? Which one is God more happy with? Do you know what the answer is? Both. God actually looks at these two people in exactly the same way. He looks at them as justified in Christ. Okay? He looks at them as righteous because of what Jesus has done for them. See, that's what Paul's saying in this passage. This is what's so amazing about justification by faith. God accepts everyone on the same basis on the basis of what Jesus has done for you. And that's what it means to be justified by faith. And therefore, boasting is excluded. What have you got to boast in? It's not about you. (laughs) It's about what Christ has done. Boasting is excluded. Now, uh, if you notice in verse 31, Paul does flag something that he's going to talk about later on. And that is, you know, if we're justified by faith, do do we then live any way we like? No, no, we don't chuck out the law. He's going to come back to that in chapters 6 to 8 and we'll look at it then but just for now okay boasting what is it it's drawing confidence if you're justified by faith you no longer draw confidence from your own works you draw confidence from somewhere else from someone else from Christ alone and so therefore boasting is excluded Now, that's the first thing. Now, the second thing we see in this passage, though, it's in verses 1 to 8 of chapter 4. Here we see the very heart of justification. Okay, what what does it really mean to be justified by faith? And that's what these verses get to. Uh, Remember, we don't want to be like Jasmine's great-uncle who had all of that stuff and yet lived as though he had nothing. Okay, we want to be people who... If we've got justification by faith, we want to make the most of it. Okay, we want to get the most out of it. And to do that, you've got to think more deeply about it. And that's what Paul does in in verses 1 to 8 of chapter 4. takes us right down into the heart of what it means. And, uh, you know, if we get it, it really is going to transform us. And Paul does that by talking about Abraham, because remember... He's, he's, he's targeting his Jewish audience here, the ones who will be tempted to rely on their works. And Paul takes them right back to where it all began, Abraham. Okay, He's the father of, uh, well, Paul says, the forefather according to the flesh. So he, he asks this question, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham? In other words, how was Abraham saved? Okay, How did Abraham get right with God? And the answer is the same way Paul has been talking about in Romans. Abraham was justified by faith, not by works. And uh, Paul says, you know, did Abraham have anything to boast about? No way. He didn't boast because he didn't draw confidence from his performance, but only by uh, the performance of someone else. And Paul's proof text for that, if you look in verse 6, It's actually Genesis 15, verse 6, uh, where it says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Sorry, that's in verse 3. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, that is such an important verse for understanding what it means to be justified by faith. And there's two things I want to point out from this. The first one is that that shows us this is the way that God has always saved people. God has always saved people by justifying them through faith. Uh, do you know sometimes people can get the idea that um, in the Old Testament, how were people saved? And a lot of people think it's, it was by keeping the law. You know, the Israelites, they had to keep their, all those laws that God gave and if they did it well enough, then God would accept them. But what we learn from Abraham is that, that that's not the case. The way God saved people in the Old Testament exactly the same as the new justified by faith and uh, so we see that here where uh, Abraham uh, remember we read Genesis 15 and God promised Abraham an offspring and when Abraham heard that it says he believed God and God counted to him righteousness okay and, and and what Paul tells us in Galatians 3 is that when Abraham believed God, you know what he was trusting in? He was trusting in where that promise was going and if you follow the promise all the way to the end, where does it land? Jesus himself. And so for Abraham to trust in God's promise, he was actually putting his faith in Christ. And on that basis, that's how he received righteousness from God. See, he was justified through faith. And that wasn't unique to Abraham because David had the same experience. Uh, Look at what Paul quotes there in verses uh, 7 to 8. This is Psalm 32. And David, he said, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Paul says when David wrote that, he was celebrating justification by faith. And so here we see this is the way God has always saved people. The way that God does it, it's the only way to get right with Him and to live forever, it's to receive a righteousness that's not your own. One achieved by someone else and given to you as a gift. Christ's righteousness. And so Old Testament believers, they had that by looking forward and then New Covenant believers have it by looking back to Christ. But the other thing to see here, notice... We have these two Old Testament quotes and both of them have this very key word that that helps us to understand how justification works. And it's the word count. Did you notice that word count? You know, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And this word count, it's an an accounting term. Uh, Some translations use the word credited. uh, Some use the word imputed. But they also mean the same thing so if you think about your bank account let's say one day you um, you know check online your bank account and you realize that someone has credited one million dollars to your account okay now broadly speaking there's two ways that that one million dollars could have got there either it was counted to you as something you earned at work which means you've got to, pretty high-profile job Um, or it was counted to you as a gift which means you have a high-profile friend Um, but but see Paul talks about righteousness like this this is something that God counts to you or he credits it to your account and he says that in verses four to five and how does God credit to you is it does he credit to you because you earned it by your hard work or does he credit it to you As a gift and the answer is it's a gift it's a gift uh, that he gives by that you receive by faith and do you know that illustration is really helpful because let's say you did have a million dollars credited to your account as a gift now if that happened wouldn't you want to know where it came from you know wouldn't you want to know how did that get there because it doesn't just fall out of the sky Uh, and so you'd want to you'd want to know who, who did the hard work? You know, who earned that? And who gave it to me? You'd want to track them down and, and see if it's legit and uh, actually thank them for it. Well, it's the same when it comes to the righteousness that God credits as a gift. You know, you want, to, you want to know who did the hard work? Who did all that? Who earned it? And the answer, of course, is Jesus. See, Jesus lived the perfect life he obeyed God's law perfectly and he offered the perfect sacrifice to pay for sin and he did all the hard work and see, it's his record that then God credits to your account so that when you receive Christ's righteousness by faith, then you're fully accepted with God. And that's only one side of the accounting though because Psalm 32 says God doesn't count... The believers sin against them. And again, you've got to ask the question, well, what does God do with our sin? If He doesn't count it against us, who does He count it to then? And again, the answer is Jesus. Uh, this is actually what theologians call double imputation. Double imputation. I know it sounds like a disease, but it's actually a, it's a theological term. Double imputation, it's saying... That um, in justification, God imputes Christ's righteousness to the believer and he imputes the believer's sin to Christ. See, double imputation. And so here's how it works. The moment you put your trust in Jesus, this exchange takes place. God counts all of your sin to Christ. He was punished for you on the cross. And then God counts Christ's righteousness to you. So now when God looks at you, he he looks at you as righteous. He looks at you as if you were Jesus himself. And that's why he loves you. And uh, this exchange, this double imputation, that's what justification is all about. Okay, That's the heart of justification. And when you grasp that, What happens to your boasting? You know, what have you got to boast about? Uh, Do you know, an exchange actually takes place not just in God's accounting, but in our boasting. We go from boasting in our own performance to now boasting in Christ's performance. And that's the mark of a believer. How do you know someone's a Christian? You just get this sense that they make big of Jesus. You know, Jesus is everything to them. That's the mark of a true believer. Uh, You see that with Paul in Galatians 6.14. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. There you go. That's the heart of justification. Uh, But then there's a consequence of that. That that actually makes a difference to our lives and a difference to the church. And we see that in verses 9 to um, 12. Uh, This is a very complex section, talking about circumcision and uncircumcision, all these things, but the reason Paul brings this up is because he wants to show us that the reason God justifies by faith, the, the, the consequence of that is that you can have one big family of faith. One big family of faith. So let's just unpack it here. So in verse 9, Paul says, is this blessing only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised. In other words, is, is this blessing of being justified, is it for Jews only or is it for Gentiles as well? And the answer is, of course, it's for Gentiles as well. Uh, but for the Jew, you know, the, the Jewish person, boy, this was hard for them to understand because for them, that, all these centuries have had this um, marker called circumcision. And in their minds, that's what identified them as belonging to God and so for them it just seemed impossible that you could, you could be accepted by God if you didn't have this marker, if you didn't have this outward mark, which meant for the Jewish people, they still relied on something they did. Okay? They were still boasting. But what does Paul do here? He answers this very simply. He, sa- he says, just think about it. When was Abraham circumcised? No, no, when was Abraham justified? Was it before or after he was circumcised? It was before, in Genesis 15, God uh, counted Abraham as righteous by faith. And then two chapters later in Genesis, then God gives him the sign of that. So verse 11, he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he'd had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. Now the point that Paul is making here is halfway through verse 11, he says the purpose of Well, the reason God did it this way was to make Abraham the father of all who believe. Whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, Abraham is the father of all who believe. Uh, Do you know when I went to Sunday school as a kid, we sang this song, Father Abraham has many sons, I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. That's um, wonderful theology. That's what Paul's talking about here. Uh, and, And you know, we're Gentiles singing about Father Abraham. For the Jew, that just didn't make sense. Unless, of course, they understood justification by faith. Then it all makes sense. Because the Jewish person, they grew up being told that Gentiles are dogs. Okay, And, and when you get a church and you have Jews and Gentiles together, the temptation for the Jew was to still think of the Gentiles beneath them. You know, second-class Christians, not as, not as accepted to God as, as they were but then justification by faith, it destroys all of that. Now the Jewish Christians treat the Gentile Christians not as second class, but as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. See, God's purpose was to make one family of faith. And now we see how practical this this doctrine is. The doctrine of justification by faith. So practical. Because it's the great leveler It levels every believer. We're all on the same level here. When it comes to being accepted by God, there's no tears. There's no classes. It's all the exact same. It's all, you're either in Christ or you're not. Okay, you're either counted righteous in Christ or you're not righteous at all. That's the leveller. And do you see, when a church community gets hold of that, that changes everything that that actually makes us the most beautiful community in the whole earth do you know why because it excludes boasting boasting is excluded a church that gets hold of justification by faith is a group of people who aren't trying to outdo each other it's a group of people who aren't comparing themselves to each other and saying you know am i better there's no superiority. There's no inferiority. Uh, boasting is what causes divisions. Boasting is what sets up the classes. But if you're accepted by God in Christ, you've got nothing to boast in. And when a group of people get hold of that, it brings this incredible unity. That you can have such different people from all these different walks of life all coming together and all accepted by each other. That that is the most beautiful community in the whole earth. You won't find that anywhere else, anywhere, but only where you've got the gospel. That's what the church is to be, and it comes by understanding justification by faith. This is such a practical doctrine. So am I okay? Do I matter? What is the verdict over my life? Is God happy with me? Here's another question. Do I belong? Do I belong here? Okay, how do you answer that question? It's not by looking within. It's not by looking at your performance. It's not by comparing yourself to others. It's actually by looking to Jesus. Because if you're in Christ, you're accepted fully with God and therefore you're accepted fully as part of the church. See, may I never boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we uh, are indeed humbled um, by your grace because we realise, Father, that there's nothing in us uh, that is worthy of of you, that uh, all that we contribute is our sin and our need uh, for salvation. But we thank you, Lord, that in your grace that you have provided uh, everything that we need. You sent your Son and he lived the life, that perfect life. And he died that death to pay for all of our sin. And we praise you, Lord, that all of his righteousness is credited to those who believe. And all of our sin credited to Christ. And Father, we pray that, um, that this would, uh, yeah, that we, we would get a hold of this, that it would really get into our hearts so that we would uh, be transformed by it, that we would live it out. We pray, Lord, that where we are tempted to boast and, and look at others and compare ourselves, we pray that all of that would just disappear as we rest in your grace. And we pray, Lord, that that would make us a humble people Um, who reach out to others uh, people who who love and people who serve Uh, we pray father that uh, that this good news that it would transform us so that we want to tell the world about it that this is the the only way that there can be real unity and peace and we thank you for it in jesus name amen